right, so Albion is currently inwardly cringing at how badly he thinks he probably just fucked up that phone call with Cagney. Uh, and he's trying not to show that, and he's like, Hey, uh, bro, what's going on? You alright? What, what was that about? Um, n- nothing. I, th- I think, I, I don't know. Um, we should go take care of stuff in the house. Um, okay. Uh, I'm not gonna make an empathy check, because Albion just wants to let it drop, but he's a little worried. Um, can Rose see anything now in that, like, the bush area? Uh, you look back, and it looks like... No, uh, you don't think you do see anything, or hear anything at the moment. Um, I am gonna have you make me a quick lore roll, and your target is gonna be a five. Oh, great. I have good lore. I really don't have good lore. Does my negative one give me anything? Uh, It gives you the impression that this might have just been paradelia and that you were seeing a face where a face does not exist. And uh, you, I mean, look, your, your brain is actively trying to logically justify away whatever it can about whatever just happened. It's like, oh, it was shadows. I didn't really hear my voice on the wind. Um, I'm just tired and like overworked and, you know, I miss I miss my fiance. Uh, so like you are actively trying to justify that in your own brain at the moment. OK, that's fun so, for me. Yeah, super duper fun. So, yeah, you head back inside into Dez's place, uh, back into the parlor where everyone is now gathered. Uh, you four and two wardens of the White Council, and uh, Marcus is still not there. Is there anything you need to say when you get back in, or are we just going to start marching forward with uh, whatever warden chaplain is going to start pushing on you guys? I'm more wondering what Dez is going to say when Ro comes in. She's not going to say anything. She's just going to be drinking her tea, not looking at Ro. Ro makes it a point to stand, like, in a doorway. She's ready to just leave again. Okay, fair enough. What is Beaumont? Where is he positioned? He's sitting. Uh, he's just sitting in an available space and is clearly like you can tell from sort of the body language of things that he is not really the in charge one here so much um, because you have Warden Chaplin who is standing in the room and you can tell about to like start kind of making motions for getting things moving. Uh, and Beaumont is a little more passive in his sort of authority role at the moment. So that's kind of the impression that you get from the room. Uh, Sly is just sort of there, you know, because a lot Hi. of this stuff <laughs> is just like, ugh. and uh, Des, yeah, Des is pointedly not really looking at you and since ro did come into the house uninvited she uh kind of has a reduction of her power right now yep yeah when you cross the threshold um you leave so much of that supernatural side of you at the door Mm -hmm. i don't know if ro has ever actually known what it feels like to just be fully human because you were born with this face side. Uh, you were born with this innate connection to something 
much bigger than you. And I don't think you've ever, because you've never made the choice, uh, you haven't made the choice to be fully fair or fully mortal yet, but since Albion is in there, and Dez's home has a very strong threshold already, as a, as a family home, uh, and amongst other factors, you feel like a human being, and it is... Uh, it is worrying because you feel like just some of you, this this part of you that's always been there, is completely inaccessible to you. You feel what Sly feels like all the time, but without the cool kicks and punches <laughs> and without the, uh, you know, the physical uh, adeptness that he has built up in himself. Did you just call me a Walmart brand Sly? Whoa. Nope. <laughs> No, actually, uh, if I'm calling Sly the Mona Lisa, you're a blank canvas right now. Interesting. So, Chaplin standing and is going to just address the room uh, at, you know, whatever rooms uh, that are in line of sight and everybody is in and just says, well, uh, I know that we probably have to postpone getting our errant wizard to Edinburgh, but... Uh, you know, with the duel that is coming up, but we should at least find Marcus and we should all be on the same page. I get the feeling that he doesn't trust me, given that he literally ran away through the never never as soon as I arrived. And I very much want to make it clear that he does not have to, uh, that I'm working with Beaumont here. Joseph? And uh, Beaumont stands up. <sighs> yeah, we should, we should go. Uh, we should go, go get him. Uh, you said he was at the four corners of the earth, right? Yeah, he's at four corners right now. At least he was last I checked. I can't imagine he's left. Is, <sighs> well, Joseph, I can finally try one of those sandwiches I keep hearing about. You guys, <laughs> they're desperately trying to sort of ease the tension in the room that is very evident. It's like, you guys would not believe how many times I've heard about these sandwiches from uh, our your, your friend Joe over here. It seems like every time we have occasion to uh, meet up together for any reason, I get to hear about that. <sighs> Chaplain. Okay. Yep. Let's uh, let's just make our way there why don't we yeah we should do that okay uh beaumont uh as you as everybody is sort of getting up and and moving to leave uh beaumont sort of sticks around at the back uh des are you sort of getting up with the group generally i think because it's her home she would probably want to be one of the last to kind of leave the parlor because she probably wants to Gotta just make sure up. that she's touching her doorways as she's going just to make sure her wards stay strong as she's gone yeah 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 like darius said basically lock up behind you mm -hmm. yeah uh okay so uh as everyone else is sort of leaving that parlor area beaumont is staying back kind of hanging back with you and uh he he just quietly uh, sort of asks you uh, so that, you know, the other people might not hear. He's like, hey, what's like, what's going on? In regards to what? Uh, you're uh, did something happen 
with you or like to you recently? Like I I yeah, I know you something happened with Ro? Yes. Yes. Ro took me from my house and had nothing to do with trying to protect Marcus. She just wanted to save her own hide. Um I I didn't know that I had the option to stay. She just took me and uh turns out my house has been um under watch from her father's goons and they took us to where uh sergeant ditko lives uh because ro also knew where that was uh and it's been a real absolute shit show of a day and i'm pissed he just i'm sort sorry. of stands there and takes a pigs a beat i shouldn't have left i'm sorry okay uh it okay yeah it sounds like this was a misunderstanding. Uh, I would like you right now, uh, Des, just on that, that little bit of response from him, uh, I would like you to please make me an empathy roll and your target is five. I got five. Okay. For a moment, you are certain he is defending Rose's actions as a misunderstanding. And you feel the beginnings of a hot flash of anger starting like in your gut uh, and your better sense kind of reads that that's not you don't think that's exactly what he's saying. So you're able to sort of tamp that down and keep a hold on your own emotions and not explode at him. It's still not OK. I said I'd have your back and I didn't have the opportunity to. I would have had your back if I'd been here. Don't don't beat yourself up over this, okay? It's everybody's under a lot of stress. Can I trust Chaplin? You to me. Do you trust them? Can I trust them? I need to know that I can trust them. Y yes. Yeah, look. As long as I've known them, yes. They they seem they seem pretty trustworthy. We've had each other's backs in really really awful situations before and uh yeah like yeah I, I think this this is all just sort of a lot of people with emotions running high uh kind of misreading things and taking things the wrong way and uh letting that get in in the way of uh sort of being being open to what what is what might really be happening here I need you to make another empathy roll of five. Six. Okay. Once again, you start to misconstrue what he's saying to say to feel in you that you're emo be acting emotionally and that he's trying to subtly suggest that you aren't necessarily thinking with everyone's best interests because you're stressed out and and not reading things right. But Again, your better sense is able to sort of get past that initial uh, hurt and think beyond that to realize that it's not targeted at you. And you that's not really the way that Joe behaves. Joseph doesn't really talk like that. Uh, so, yeah, you're able to to sort of slide that off as well and, and sort of shake like shake that feeling off. She's actually going to give him a quick but tight hug. And then she's going to kind of walk away fast. <laughs> uh, he's going to just stand there, uh, you know, slightly bewildered for just a moment. And then, OK, uh, 
Yeah, uh, uh, coming. Uh, okay, so as you as you all walk out of uh, of Desdemona's place, um, are they exiting off of that Three Seasons porch? If they're heading towards the driveway, yes. Okay, cool. So as you are making your way off of the the porch there, uh, everybody is taking a step. Uh, you know, sort of moving, and then uh, I need y'all to make me an athletics check of a. Well, this is quite sudden and unexpected, so I'm gonna go with a five. Uh, the consequence is losing your balance. All right. Um, athletics of five. You said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a one. I rolled a minus one net, so I am not keeping my balance. I got a one. I actually I rolled a rolled. three. Holy shit. That's not fair. I, still fall. I rolled also a three. Even Sylvester? Even Sylvester. <laughs> Dear God, this is bad. Not fair. Right? What the fuck's up with that? Yeah, so when one is taking a step forward and then the ground where they expect their foot to be isn't, it's kind of a hard one to recover from and not immediately just trip. Everybody... You are currently in the Never Never. Aw, shit. You can see a sort of shadowy figment of Dez's porch that you were just on or stepping off of or had stepped off of uh, as you are sort of gathering yourselves back up and standing upright. There is a small sphere of space that you are currently inside of, and there seems to be that sort of like almost echo or memory of the earth that you were just on. And uh, it is this just sort of hazy impression around you in that small spherical space, uh, going a little bit into the ground beneath you as well. And uh, when you look up, it's not sky above you like you would expect. Uh, The sky is much darker. Uh, It, It's not that sort of blue midday, uh, maybe lightly clouded uh, late April Burlington afternoon, but something significantly uh, dimmer and less lustrous. So I assume you're all going to try to get back up to your feet. Uh, Yeah, and Albion is immediately drawing Gugnir. Yeah, uh, that's that's reasonable. He's going to do like a quick sweep as soon as he, he's going to not going to like fully stand. He's going to be in a crouch. So he's just going to get up to one knee and sort of swing back and forth to see what the hell is happening. Okay. Um, yeah. As you are taking stock of your situation, now that you're not looking up at the sky, you are now looking down more around you. And the landscape where you are has these these uh, sort of craters it looks like in them uh, the, the the ground it's it's just dead uh, it, the 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 what you would call earth underneath your feet even though that's the wrong term is very much uh, it's not alive you can see like withered remains of alien plant life that you've never seen before and wouldn't have been able to identify even if it was alive but um, you just sort of see uh, husks of, of plants uh, that have slumped over and are decaying. The ground with these sort of bowl-shaped craters 
Uh, I'm going to have you make me a quick alertness roll of, like, three. And anybody else who is kind of getting up and looking around can can make a passive alertness as well. Uh, that is a five on my alertness. Okay. Other people might get different information for standing up and looking around based on, you know, their individual. Just a two. Yeah, three. Yeah, three. Okay. Des, I'm going to say that, you know, you're the most familiar with your own home and uh, therefore were the most disoriented when you were suddenly not there and uh, are kind of focused a little more on the sort of impression of that bit of your porch and front yard uh, and walk uh, that you seem to be standing in the middle of still. Uh, and the rest of you get some other details of the space around you. Albion, you feel like these little crater things that you're seeing that are varying in size are too round. They're too perfectly round. And you would guess based on where you're standing right now that the bowl shape of them is the surface of a sphere that's sort of imprinted into the ground. Uh, like a spherical section got chunked out of the ground there. And um, Ro, you're, mm -hmm. you're looking around and taking in uh, where you are now. And you notice that there is some foliage. It looks like there's trees in the distance from where you are. Mm -hmm. And something strikes you about those uh, with an odd familiarity. Uh, even though they are, it, it is just, all those trees are dead. Something about them looks familiar to you. Um, and uh, Sly, you kind of stand up and like you, you're feeling the dirt between your fingers and sort of getting a steady handle on the ground. And you also feel like you know something about this place. Something about this seems familiar. Uh, and you're not quite sure why. Uh, but you also notice that there are some fissures in the ground uh, around you in the distance. Uh, they're not immediately nearby, but you can't tell anything beyond the fact that the earth is broken and cracked, uh, or the ground is, rather, broken and cracked at a bit of distance out from you. So uh, th that looks like there may be uh, cliffs, chasms, some sorts of rents in the ground, you're not sure. All of you can see that uh, the wardens are both there with you and are looking around, taking stock of their situation as well and trying to figure out what is going on. And uh, Albion, yep. you start figuring something, putting something together in your mind at the same moment as uh, Chaplin yells, run, get out of this sphere. So I need everybody to make me a quick... Uh, in athletics to sprint uh you are you all are still getting up and getting your bearings so i'm gonna say this is like a minus one uh for you know kind of a supplemental penalty and uh your target is fortunately only a one three mm, negative one two negative one okay um this is bad if you want to spend a fate point you can uh no i only have the one 
Okay. Uh, and Christine, you may spend a fate point if you want, or whatever's about to happen is going to happen to you. I will stay with Albion here. <laughs> okay. So Albion, even though this has dawned on you uh, that something seems like it's about to happen, you start putting together a connection in your head. Wait a minute. If we're in this sort of spherical place and those other crater-like holes seem to be, oh shit. And uh, as I think you kind of get bumped by, by people as they're running past you, uh, a bit disoriented because everyone's fairly disoriented from whatever's just happened. And um, you don't make it outside of this sort of hazy memory sphere in time. And neither does Des before you are flashed back into reality and you're not in front of Dez's house anymore. You're somewhere else. Everyone else, you can see there's that sort of bottom of a sphere-like bowl of missing ground there now, and Albion and Dez are not there anymore, nor is any of that hazy impression of Dez's place. It's all just gone. Okay. So Des and Albion. <laughs> yep. I want you to try to get your bearings on where you are currently. <sighs> I kind of wish I'd spent that fate point now. So um, I, I will tell you that it is dark. It's even darker than where you were, but there is a light source. So your eyes are currently adjusting to the, the difference uh, between where you were and where you are now. So I would like you both to make me an alertness roll. Your target is a two, but you have a minus two for having to get adjusted to the light. Uh, this is to get it immediately that you understand where you are. Otherwise, it's going to take uh, time for your eyes to adjust before you're familiar with your current location. Oh, now I fucking roll well. Um, yeah, a, I hit two. I got a four total. And for Dez? Uh, I also have a four. Ooh, okay. Look at us matching roles. Yeah, you really are. You're in sync right now. And you're in sync in the pilings under the Mori Municipal Plant. <laughs> oh, man. The source of light uh, you can understand now is the, uh, the waterway that leads in, uh, from which you've seen a fake champ go through once. And Albion, you snuck in this way once. And uh, Ro, if she were here, she would remember having snuck in that way this is where the duel is scheduled for later today um you also realize that you didn't just sort of land in here you had to sort of like thwomp uh from you know not not high enough that it would actually cause a you know like damage uh like a broken leg or anything uh or you know like landing hard on your ribs and cracking them but uh you you know that you weren't just standing flat when you got in here. So uh, you also have made enough of an alertness roll to notice that you're not alone. All right. Gugnir is absolutely trained on whoever it is. Uh, Des, what is your re immediate response to realizing that there is another figure in the dark here? Um, Honestly, I feel like she's probably freaking out about how she got there. <laughs> Because she has no idea. First, she was leaving her house, and then 
she was in like this weird upside down version of her porch and then all of a sudden she's here um, underneath the plant where you know creepy things tend to happen so she's probably just like freaking out like and you know screaming Abby and what's going on Abby and how did we get here oh my god <laughs> okay uh as that's happening Albion, you have your weapon drawn on this figure in the shadows who whips around in response to hearing uh, Desdemona yelling uh, in confusion. And uh, his first response is to just go, Shut up! Shut up, whoever you are! Shut up! Oh, God damn it! Why are you back here? Says a skinny, greasy, (laughs) stringy-haired man who looks like he's holding on to his sanity by just the tiniest amount, uh, like he's clinging to the edge of a cliff by his fingernails. It's Shadrach the Necromancer. Well, howdy and good day to you, you ugly son of a bitch. Hello everybody, this is Michael, your Game Master, your best friend, and uh, something else. I I don't know what I am tonight. Uh, maybe you can help. Do you know what you are? Can I be that too? Sure, maybe. Let's be that whatever that is together. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast as always. I hope you're enjoying episode 60 freaking 3 of this show that we have been doing for nearly three years. Good goodness me. Uh, Yeah, I know I say this a lot and I stumble over it a lot, but like still, still wild. Still a wild thing for me to conceptualize. We have ourselves another pocket note for this episode. What a surprise. The continuing saga of letters written to Albion Graves from Molly. The message reads, Dear Albion, Night after I sent that last letter, I heard the voice again. It was a touch clearer this time. I think I heard a help, or maybe it was smirp. What does smirp even mean? Maybe someone is actually heard out there or wants to introduce me to some exotic new dish. I'm still waiting on my camcorder to be fixed, but I am going to go take a peek to double make sure. Don't worry, I left Mama a note too, so you don't gotta tell on me like you used to. Winky face, signed Molly. Well, I sure hope nothing bad happens to Molly as she goes out to investigate whatever a smirp is. Perhaps we can find the definition of smirp in a book. Yeah, you knew this was coming. It's Abe Books, the online marketplace listing millions of new, used, rare, and out-of-print books and other collectible items, as well as cheap textbooks. They connect you with thousands of professional booksellers in more than 50 countries worldwide. So if Smirp is some other language and not English, then like, hey, you can get a book about it from somewhere that that is a word. Who even knows? It's only one way to find out, 
And that's by going to affiliates.abebooks.com slash ppn. That's affiliates.abebooks.com slash ppn. Tell them I sent you, and if you can tell me what Smirp is, then uh, I think everybody wins. Everyone will be happy. Also, if you want to get a pocket note of your own and uh, continue adventures of your own creation in our uh, in our branch of this fictional universe, go right ahead or just say something fun or nice or cool or, you know, just whatever, whatever you want me to say on air or one of the other cast members. You can go to pocketpodcastnetwork.com slash shop to find that. And also a bunch of other merch for our uh, for our show and for other shows on the network. Speaking of the network, I would like to thank the Pocket Podcast Network once again for hosting our show and also a bunch of other great shows like No Dice and Them's the Facts and a new show that came out just yesterday. That's right. It is a brand new show on the network. It is our first narrative fiction show, which I am very excited about. It is called Tia and Rio Attempt to Save Themselves and the World. It's a narrative fiction podcast written for drama, horror, and comedy fans that understand the complexities of mental health and the fact that sometimes life is just hell on earth. Literally. It's also for fans of Duran Duran and VHS tapes for reasons that I will not explain here. The first part of episode one is released, as I said, it came out yesterday, and part two comes out on Friday. Having heard both parts, because I'm a special boy that got to hear some stuff early, I can tell you it's a wild ride, and one that I would encourage you to take because if you listen to our show, you can handle that one. It is, uh, it's definitely got more of a horror bent to it than ours does. Uh, more of a direct horror uh, kind of storytelling bent in many places. But, like, you you should go and listen to that show. Absolutely do that. Leave it a good review. Get, get, you know, talk about it with your friends and you, yourself. Talk to yourself. I'm encouraging you to talk to yourself. That means I need to move on from whatever this tangent is, <laughs> I guess. Um, if you want to talk to ourselves, you could do that. This was a bad segue. You can talk to us on Twitter and Facebook at GMMCast. Uh, if you want to help promote the show with word of mouth, you can tweet about the show with the hashtag GMMCast. And we're on Discord. We have a Discord server, uh, which I've definitely mentioned every single episode prior to this one. Um, but I'm going to mention it again because the links to all of this that I've talked about is in the episode description. And yeah, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, come hang out in the Discord server we're playing uh, the new Jackbox games a lot recently because a new party pack just came out. So uh, we're either going to try all of the new ones this week or we're just going to keep playing Fibbage 4 because Fibbage 4 is a certified club banger like we knew it would be. Anyway, back to the episode. Bye. Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. 
Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network. So in the never-never, we have Roe, we have Sly, and we have two Wardens. And y'all are trying to f- get your bearings on where you are and understand what the hell has just happened. Where Dez is, where Albion is. Like, what? So... Uh, Beaumont is currently in a bit of a panic because that sphere of sort of like where things used to be disappeared uh, and left that uh, sort of cratery impression there. And he has no idea where that's gone or what's happened to his two friends. For that matter, you have no idea what's happened to your two friends either. So, well, son of a bitch yeah yeah okay uh hold on hold on um wait wait and uh he goes chaplain you you look after those two and make sure that nothing happens i need a few minutes okay um just just trust me on this one i need to make sure they're okay and i think i can do that all right you got it uh you you two are uh you're, you're not hurt you're you're okay yeah, we're fine. And uh yeah. I mean, yeah. All right. So so uh um clearly we're not in Kansas anymore. Uh I don't know exactly where in the never never we are right now. Do um, do you know? Not really. So Ro might know from what I've gathered is that is there anything else I would recognize that's like around? You could do a lore roll to try to feel where you are, because guess what? You're not in Dez's house anymore. You're fully back in touch with all of yourself. And yeah. uh, that that comes back to you kind of in a in a rush uh, of that sensation of like, holy shit, that okay. this is what it's been like to be me. I've been powerful this whole time. <laughs> so. All right. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have you reach out with your senses and uh you can make a lore roll at a target one. The cost of that is going to be making a roll against the compel to make the choice. Uh and you'll have to roll a discipline roll of a three in order to not make the oh choice. Boy. If you accept the lore roll of a one, otherwise mm. it's going to be a lore roll of a three. Okay, so let me... Okay, I gotta, gotta focus and manifest my dice. All right. Okay, so that's a two, so we're good there. Okay. Comes the discipline. <laughs> I'm anxious. I only have a few fate points. Okay, I, I will be giving you a fate point, sir. What did you roll on your discipline? Negative one. Total? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So okay. So you need to make a discipline of three or you are going to be forced to make the choice. Yeah. Oh fuck. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. So how many fate points do I give you? 
Yeah, you could spend one to just re-roll all your dice, or one to add two points. So you need to spend two, or you could try to re-roll and see if you don't need to. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna- Given that you have a non-zero discipline, I think the re-roll might actually be better for you. Yeah, we're gonna do that. (laughs) Manifesting doesn't do shit in this case. So- Okay. (laughs) Uh, in this case? Anyway- um, just, uh, I need a, I need a justification for why you are re-rolling here, because you are giving me a fate point. What okay. part of you are you tapping into to justify not failing? I want to say half manic, half pixie thief girl. I can say, especially just getting, we'll say a power refresh from not having it. I think that being in a place that I maybe recognize kind of emboldens me, and I'm really tapping into, like, the face side of things. Well, if you're really tapping into the face side of things, that sounds like maybe you're trying to end up making the choice to become a fae. Okay, I am... Ah, that's a great point, sir. Um, I will point out that it's called Half-Manic, Half-Pixie Thief Girl. Yeah, so it And I thought only, that's what you were gonna go with. I'm only half tapping into everything. Is that good enough for you? I, I was pretty sure you were gonna say I I'm I wanna remain half pixie. I that <laughs> that would be a better thing, but I was sorry I was shaken by my very bad role. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, um, this is a collaborative storytelling effort, <laughs> and I will I will give you the assist on BSing your you. game master this one time. <laughs> this is the last one you get. Yeah, okay. We'll see about that. Okay. Darius, okay, I don't yeah. need that tone of voice from you. That's his only tone. Okay, that's, that's all fair. I, that's all I've got. Okay. I'm gonna... <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, give me let's that do re-roll. This. Oh, thank God. Okay. That is a three. We're safe. Okay. Oh god. There we Which go. Which still isn't a good roll, but uh. No, three is a good roll. Three is <laughs> literally guess. good on the ladder. I guess. Four is great. Anywho. Five is uh, superb. Anyway. Do I okay. know where we're at? So you you have this moment where you have that feeling of your your whole self coming back. Uh, you feel like, oh my god, I've been more powerful than I've ever understood this whole time. I've never known uh, what I had that really separated me from the other normal people that I've been around. And uh, in that moment, there is that sort of that sort of nebulous urge in your mind to just embrace that because you're different. You know you're different, and now you can identify exactly how you're different. You feel that difference in you, but you are able to fight back that urge to either take that or leave it behind because you've now felt what it's like to be a normal human being, too. You had, in that moment when you were in Dez's, an immense burden lifted from you because having this power does not come without price. And it's a price you never knew you were paying for, what, 20 years? And there was this moment that you realize now was just a weight taken off of you, just just a yoke removed from your shoulders. But you decide you're not going to make that choice now. 
you're going to keep both halves of you intact for now and use that, use what you have, your human memory, your human senses, and your, your sort of connection to this place in tandem to put together that those trees over there, last time you were in them, you were running away from some real big cat monsters. Okay. Those trees were definitely alive when you were. Huh. Can I ask how we got in Canada? Uh, yes. You got to Canada because Fendra Lilu showed up and found a spot that would dump you out of the never-never into the real world in a relatively safe way. A good sort of connected spot that where the uh, dividing line is already thin and dropped you off there. Uh-huh. Paul here. What was that? Is Paul here? You do not see Paul, Bunyan. Oh, fuck. I know, right? <laughs> Bullshit. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm Your gonna, good friend Paul. I'm going to convey to Sly that I know where we're at. Um, at this point in time, I'm not directly talking to Beaumont unprompted. Also, uh, even if you were talking directly to Beaumont, he might not notice because he has pulled a hair from his cloak because Dez wrapped him up in a tight, brief hug before they left. And he has one of Dez's hair stuck to him. And he's taken that and used that as his focus to try to scry and find where Dez is. Awesome. And having a hair freshly taken from someone's head is pretty damn good. Chaplin is just kind of trying to assist Beaumont a little bit because he, he seems it seems like you two are uh, kind of okay for the moment. And yeah, his we don't friend need is real worried. Yeah, yeah. You give um, you give some strong I don't want you to babysit me vibes anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um can I try to suss out so we weren't here that long ago. Why the why the trees dead? Mm. That that would require you to tap into uh a lot more of your fey ancestry. Uh, basically try to sense that out with your summer court side and that would be leaning so heavily into that that you would absolutely start the feeling the compulsion to make the choice again a thing you don't want okay yeah no i absolutely don't want to do that um okay so i guess i just hang tight for us like we hang tight for a second um and wait till Beaumont is done so I can tell him where we're at because I don't know how to summon Paul Bunyan. Okay, so there's a moment that passes as you're assessing your surroundings as bare and uh, sort of lifeless as they seem to be at the moment. And you hear, uh, oh, thank God. Okay, I have no idea where she is. I just know that she's alive. Because I I got the sense that I that I can feel her, but not where. I can't be directed to where she is at the moment. But that's better. That's better than being directed to she's dead. So presumably Des and Albion didn't just die in whatever just happened there. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, can Ro try to call Albion? I don't assume it'll work. Sure. But- I mean, yeah, I'm gonna... yeah, you are in another plane of existence, so that signal's not really going to reach anything too easily. 
unless there's another gap that leads back to the real world, then your signal would be about as good as your cell reception in Maine. I will let you try, because I, you can always try. Okay, I call Albion. <laughs> um, yeah, you pull out your phone, and it is basically telling you that you have no signal at the moment. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I was really hoping for a phone call scene during this <laughs> tense standoff. You do barely see this moment where your phone thinks it has a signal, and then it goes back to having no signal again. This sucks. Are you going to do that thing where you, like, look at it and try to see if it happens again? Oh, yeah. I'm, like, holding it at different angles just to see if, like, oh, if I turn it upside down and turn my head the other way, does this work? Oh, yeah, that thing. I know that thing well. <laughs> um, sporadically, you get a moment where it looks like your phone is about to establish having even the littlest bit of signal, um, and then it, mm -hmm. it stops. Uh, it goes back to no signal again. Uh, Sly. Yeah. The phone in your pocket actually buzzes with a notification of some kind. Oh, shit. Uh, do not disturb. <laughs> Just kidding. I read it. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it looks like it's a notification that you have a text message. Um, and if you try to read that text message, it looks like it is it looks like the message is totally malformed and didn't properly send. So it's in Zafding Bats, got it. Yeah, basically. Uh the yeah, the phone display equivalent of of that kind of thing. Uh nice. so yeah, it just it looks like just kind of a mess on your screen uh of of sort of malformed characters. Um you I'm gonna have both of you make me a quick little scholarship roll. Uh, with a target of three. And if one of you succeeds, it's going to enable the other. It's going to enable both of you to or either of you to try a lore roll. All right. It's up to you, Dare, because I got a negative three. Nice. Uh, I got a two. OK. Um, you don't have a flash of insight with just a two. Uh, why well, need a three? Yeah, you need a three on this particular scholarship roll. Oh, eh, never mind. Nah, I'm good. Okay. All right. So, uh, yep, you, you do not get whatever insight you might have had. Eh. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're not sure what any of this means. And uh, once you have a moment to take stock uh, of your surroundings fully, you realize the horizon doesn't make logical sense. There are parts of it that look nearer than they should and parts of it that just it just doesn't line up. You're not sure what you're looking at, if it's like mountains, if it's hills, if it's uh, ca like chasms, just the geometries of what you're looking at don't totally line up with what you're expecting. So you have no idea what is going on there. And the wardens just sort of reconvene with you and say, well, we don't know where we are, uh, says, says Chaplin. And Beaumont pipes up, we know our friends are alive right now, and we're also alive. Um, this is, this is bizarre. Uh, I, I don't know how we got here or even where we are. So we're in Canada. Uh, I, I beg your pardon? 
we're in Canada. Yeah, we've been here before. You know, the place that's up of where we usually are. Um, This is where we were. No, we're in the Never Never right now. Yeah, but this part's in Canada. Yeah, in Canada. It's like a parallel. Because we fought some... Yeah. Chaplin pipes up and goes, Ah, okay, so um, I don't know how familiar you are with the... Uh, the the way that the Never Never and our reality sort of work, but uh, the Never Never is much bigger than the Earth uh, because it kind of encompasses everything, all of the afterlives and other realities out sort of outside, uh, you know, things things that we expect uh, as like other realms of existence, the Fey realms and stuff. So it overlaps with the our little globe, our little blue ball. But it's not a one-to-one map, so some places are shorter between, and some places are longer between, by based on the way that they they sort of uh, intersect with our reality. So somewhere near here, there is a place that connects to Canada, because there are places that have strong connections in our world to the Never Never. Okay. Okay. So we're not actually in Canada right now, but somewhere near here leads to Canada. Ah, uh, all right. This is That's okay. All the so this is information I have. So this is how you guys ended up in Montreal, or just outside of Montreal, right? Yeah. You were, yeah, you were chased through those woods. You said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. You got to those woods from the werewolf farm in Moncton. The what farm? Chaplin, not now. <laughs> so those places are connected. Okay. Huh. I don't know what that means, but it's significant. I'm pretty sure that means we have to get back and go through to the farm, right? Canada would be a little far. I thought you said we weren't in Canada. (sighs) Ro, is this really the time? Yes. Sly, I expect better from you. No, you don't. Ro rolls her eyes and she's like, we just got to get back, okay? (sighs) Okay. Okay. (sighs) Tabernacle. All right, but how do we, and uh, everybody, I need you to make me an Ooh. alertness roll. Uh, your target is going to be a two, because this is pretty obvious. Four. Two. Okay, everybody notices that somewhere nearby to where you are standing, things are shifting and changing, and you think you can see through some some part of this area where you are, and it looks like it's focusing on some part of the world, looks like where you are. It's not in Burlington, Vermont, you don't think. It could be nearby, you're not sure. But that sort of bizarre haziness is rushing toward you. You can see people on the other side of it, somewhere where you, none of you have been before, and it's rushing toward you. Uh, how do you react? My initial thought is this is going to bring us back to where we need to be. So I, Rose just standing there. What's Sly's reaction to this magical bullshit? Eh. So at the last moment, Chaplin and Beaumont tackle you both out of the way. Okay. Uh, and as they do, uh, as, as you sort of land uh, and look behind you, you can see little bits and bobs of little things that signify stuff from 
our reality, like little bits of grass in dirt, uh, leaves, little like, you know, maybe trinkets or baubles, uh, little little bits and pieces of things uh, that definitely came from uh, Earth. And they're sort of left in this haphazard trail. Uh, and this was just a sort of spectral view into your world, you thought, but it left behind a tear in the ground around you. And that tear starts to fall away and reveal a chasm beneath it that you do not see a bottom to. Hmm. We need to move away from here. Yes, yeah, cool. Okay, you're the boss. Uh, are you going to just sort of go where they're going at this point? Yeah. Yes, Roe is hanging way back, though. Okay. Um, you can tell that they're trying to extend their magical senses to get some bearing on where they need to be going. Um, and uh, you all don't really have access to that same kind of thing. So it's mostly just you two kind of trying to follow where they're leading. And uh, as you as you do, the horizon gets much closer to you, much faster than you expect, because it's another break. It's another sort of basically schism that just sort of drops down into what looks like open, empty space. Just the blackness uh, and the void of space. And you see what you had initially thought might have been mountains or hills or something are bits of the landscape similarly adrift, just sort of untethered to the rest of, you know, the creation around them just sort of hanging in that void and you can see structures you can see remnants of plant life and you can see figures moving and they start moving toward you because you're new here they're not My gun is just aimed at Shadrach's forehead, and I'm just looking at him. You remember what you saw when you looked at me? I think we both know I can't forget what I saw when I looked at you. Then you know what you're standing in the room with right now. So I would advise you don't fucking try anything. Well... You do. <laughs> you know I've seen a lot worse, right? Yeah. That ain't here right now, though. I am. And I reckon I'm enough. You don't think it's here right now. But it's here. It's here where you least expect it. <laughs> you talking about Dez? Because I'm aware of that, too. So no, I do expect it. He stops smirking and looks at you, and it just sort of cocks his head and goes, Wait, what What do you know? Venatori. I, I don't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot, is my point. 
uh, you magic lady who I hate uh, from that one time. Uh, what? What is he talking about? Oh, you don't know? Well, butter my biscuit. Uh, hey, so, uh... Hey, Des? Yeah? How much we want to tell him about what you're capable of? Uh, we, we, we don't have to be here right now. Why don't, why don't we just... Why don't we just go? We, in fact, have a date here in a little bit. And seeing this motherfucker waiting here's got my brain moving in all sort of directions. You don't just get to invade my personal sanctum as you have multiple times in the past and just leave. She's going to cast Laganta. Oh, okay. But I think I want to, like, bump it up a notch. Ooh. Okay. Because as a, a rogue spell, you... it's, a, it's a three maneuver. So mm -hmm. if I can make it a four maneuver, maybe? Oh, you can cast it at whatever strength you want. I have seven fate points, and, you know, I just want to, I, I, I don't want to, and I, I, I either rule good or bad today for some reason, <laughs> so. All right, uh, so you're going to throw, what is it, four power? Yeah, I'd like to cast a four power. Okay, give me that conviction roll. Conviction first, okay. Five. You have gathered the power you need. Now give me that discipline roll to control and target it. Seven. Wow. Okay. This Get shit is locked down. Oh, and a... All right. Mental so, stress. Yeah, there's one mental stress. So there are these sort of sickly green, pale, glowing things. Hands uh, and arms and just you know, faces and just they... You can see them sort of crawling up from the water that is channeling in to under the underneath the municipal plant and just also some from the very air and they just all yeah. kind of gather around. I would like to think that she would somehow spell it so that one of the ghostly hands is clenching his mouth closed so that he can't speak anymore. Ooh, OK, that's that's interesting. OK. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? You rolled very, very high to target this, so I'll, I'll let you have that you are trying to restrain him that way as well. So this just sort of comes up around him, and uh, you can see that what you want to have happen does happen. Uh, it looks like... Uh, He's he he starts trying to move his mouth and this ectoplasmic force just kind of clamps down upon it. And for a moment, you see panic in Shadrach's eyes. It's, you know, kind of hard to see again because it is dark down here. Um, but uh, then that sort of crazed just like eyeballs pass, you know, panicking around, looking around the room at anything just suddenly focuses into what looks like the sort of single mindedness of the truly insane. And he just stares you dead. And then just everything falls off of him. Ugh. And uh, they they just sort of dissipate uh, into the air around him 
and he looks at you and he lets out a a haunting cackle and just <laughs> you you really don't know the things you think you know <laughs> you come at me with death and undeath and think that that has any power over me <laughs> I'm shooting him. <laughs> oh boy. Uh give me that guns, baby. Uh not in the head. I'm just lo- I'm just shooting him in the chest. Give me that guns. That is 3 pluses, that is a 7. Ow. Oh shit. What? Um he's dead. Well, I've rolled very badly. Yeah, he's dead. So I uh, since this is quite sudden, uh, I don't think he was expecting this to happen either. Uh, that's minus one. So that's eight. And also, what's the weapon rating on that? Three? Yes. Okay, that's 11 stress. Incredible. You aim for his chest and blow part of his head off. He took an extreme consequence for this. Your aim is better than you thought, and you see him spin to the ground uh, from just having been struck in the side of the head by Odin-backed gunpowder. Huh. Well, that still works, I guess. So he just sort of flops to the ground uh, with a wet thud and you start to see some things leaking out of him from the big old hole up there and he looks pretty dead then he stops looking quite so dead because dead people don't stand back up or you know at least get themselves back onto their knees Uh, no, you can stay down there, friend. You hear a voice come out of him that is identifiably Shadrach's. It's backed up by something new and something different. And he just says, She disagrees and believes that one should face their assailants. Oh my god. Well... I would like to speak to her, then. And you can stay the fuck on the ground. I will acknowledge you man to man, or not at all. Cool. Fine. Alright, who speaks for this stupid son of a bitch? He's standing up. Nope, I'm kicking him in the chest. You are across the room. (laughs) Oh, I thought we were at point blank. You are not. Cool. Your aim uh, was just get... ridiculous. <laughs> cool. In that case, Albion's going to shoot him again. Okay. Uh, let's go with a shot then. Uh, make that guns roll. All right. That is just a flat neutral, so that's only a plus four. Okay. Interesting. Um, he actually meets that. <laughs> well, that's dramatic as hell, and I'm living for it. Hell yes. Okay. So. Don't get me wrong. I'm terrified. He starts standing back up, and you take a shot, and 
faster than you would think possible, his hand reaches out and intercepts the bullet in midair. And as he continues standing, you realize that's not his hand. It can't be. It is a ghostly ectoplasmic arm from you don't know where has come out and stopped that bullet in midair right before it hit him and is just holding it there as he stands up and turns to face you with half of the top of his head. Christine, what's Des doing? So Des is going to try casting. Uh, she's going to bump up. I want to try bumping it up to a four. Contra story, counterspell. I want to try to rip whatever supernatural thing is inside that fleshy body and just rip it right out of it so it's no longer animated. Okay, so what I'm going to have you do, since you are trying to use Contrastari as not a rote, is I'm going to have you, as part of this, make an assessment of the power you need to summon to try to counter whatever you reach out and feel. Okay. Uh, is so that a that's going to be a war roll. A lore, yes, okay. the assessment is going to be a war roll because your your sense is reaching out, and when it makes contact with that is when you're going to attempt to sever whatever you feel. So reach out, and your lore is going to be a target of three. Uh, I hit a three. <laughs> okay, great. Um, you feel like you would need to summon eight power to sever whatever's happening. Oh. So that would be conviction and discipline, right? Correct. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I can do that. Um, I have some... I have some fate points. I'm gonna try it. I can always take a, a physical hit, too, if I need to. Oh boy. This is one of the most exciting uses of magic that you might have ever done. Other than summoning Champ. <laughs> and I'm called Champ with dead people. <laughs> yeah. All right. My so dead pony express. I <laughs> the sea pony express. That's right. Um, so you reach out. And this assessment part, you come into contact. Your, your senses come into contact with something that is unbearably cold. And just beyond any mortal power this is something that feels deep and dark and you have the instinct that you want this to end now are there any tags on him because of all the damage that Albion gave him what you are attempting to sever is not generated from him okay just thought I'd check of course and you hear a whisper in your ear, and you know who it is. And he, in this sort of timeless moment, as you are reaching out to try to summon that power, you hear Mr. Jack. And he just says, Desdemona, this is so beyond mortal ken. But I have to admire your commitment. You can't succeed without my help here. You know that, right? 
I could get lucky. You could, but you won't. What are you offering? This is the last time that you will ever need to turn to me for help. Ever again. I will never make a demand on you that you must owe me debt. If I let you in right now, you'll clear my debt? I said I would never demand debt from you again. Does this mean it's collection time? Jack refuses to answer. Is there some sort of role I could make to parse that a little better? I am going to give you... Uh, he's not going to give you time. You can feel your sensation of uh, time returning to normal. This offer is fleeting, and he is pushing the clock on you as you are reaching inside yourself to summon up that power. I would get a fate point, right? You get a... F- you absolutely get a fate point to accept this. You can spend a fate point to... Uh, resist it. I'm gonna take it. Do it. Yeah. Okay. Do it. So. Sensei I tells want you me to. Make, to I'm going to. <laughs> I want you to make your conviction roll. Unaltered. Okay. I got a three. Okay. You feel this profane power that Jack has provided you in times of direst need overwhelming even the the power that you yourself summoned as if to sort of necessarily prove the point that this is beyond you and you could not have done this on your own and it reaches the point where you know that you have enough power behind what you're doing to sever this connection, whatever it is. Make your discipline roll again unaltered. Five. Okay. You're a little more sure of yourself in directing the power that you have summoned. You have this, you know with a clarity that you want this to end and you need this to stop. And you could have maybe done this and gotten there on your own. You could have dug deep inside yourself. But you don't need to. You've never needed to. You've always had this available. And now you get the sensation that you are more sure and more focused on this than you have ever been in anything in your life. As you have this just directed focus on your goal and you are going to achieve what you have set out to achieve which is severing a connection beyond your understanding of something beyond your knowledge to this man in front of you who has terrorized you and your friends and been an absolute menace and is somebody who needs to be stopped right now. This man needs to die, and you know that for a fact. And then it's over. There is no sound as it happens, but you know that you did it because he drops to his knees as the accumulated pain 
of everything that has been inflicted on him, especially just now, basically catches up to him. And uh, nobody can really survive having a hole blasted in their head like that, not without immediate medical attention and some of the best doctors in the entire Earth working round the clock. Not available right now. Currently not available. It's because he's in Canada. Yeah. And Shadrach is collapsing. You can tell from his eyes that his body is just not letting him feel the amount of pain that he currently would be feeling. He's just not processing it um, because it's far too much. As he drops, he looks at you, Dez, and... With his dying breath, he performs a wizard's curse. Can I shoot him before he does? Unfortunately for you, what he says is quick, and it just kind of comes out of him spontaneously. He just says, Lose Lose everything. everything. And there is a moment where Dez you realize that you are about to get hit with whatever power this guy had left in him. Whatever magical strength he had was completely summoned into this hex, this curse, this entropic demand on the universe that you lose everything. Maybe not now, maybe not today, maybe not even years in the future, you don't know when, but it's a death curse and it's going to stick with you. And then it doesn't, because Mr. Jack exits you, grabs the magic out of the very air itself, and shoves it down one of his maws. And then in a moment that it is impossible to determine how long it lasts, he, with his shambling limbs that do not come from where they ought crosses the space between you and Shadrach and simply scoops up the dead necromancer and consumes him utterly turns and looks to you Desdemona and in a voice that only you can hear inside of your head he says you are now forever free of your death Desdemona Brown. And he vanishes. And now I need you to remove sponsored magic from your character sheet. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.